Speech on demand. The Private Lives of Ethel and Albert, starring Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce. The big events in one's life occur only now and then. But there are some smaller events in everyday life that are familiar to every family. And it's these daily incidents that make up the private lives of Ethel and Albert. We'll drop in on Ethel and Albert in just a moment. What are you going to be when you grow up? Ethel and Albert will be asking their youngster that someday. Several years ago, many young people would have answered a teacher. But today, few people are choosing teaching as their profession. About 25 years ago, over 90,000 women enrolled each year in teachers' colleges. In the fall of 1945, the number had dropped to 51,000, almost half. In the present school year, enrollment is up slightly, but many students are attending teachers' colleges only, in their own words, because we could not get in anywhere else. If there are not going to be enough school teachers, the future of our schools is far from bright. Many reasons why the teaching profession attracts comparatively few people are reasons we can do nothing about. But there are a great many things we can do. For example, Americans as a whole are proud of their schools. So we have more or less taken it for granted that conditions in them were satisfactory. That is not necessarily so. Many schools have long been unsuitable, badly lit, unsanitary, grim in atmosphere. Hardly the type of place to encourage interest by teacher or student. Then in many communities, teachers feel that the public is disinterested in their efforts to bring education to their pupils. Interference with personal lives of teachers has been another complaint. Study the conditions in your schools and take an interest in PTA work. Teachers deserve the friendliness and respect due them. Now let's hear from Ethel and Albert. About quarter to seven in the evening in Sandy Harbor. Ethel is looking out the window for Albert. Oh, yes, here he comes now, up the front steps. Temper, so don't cross me. What's the matter? Take your shoes off on the mat there. You don't crack yes. all over the rug. Well, what's the matter? Look, I, I tell you, there is something wrong with human nature. That's right. Something the wrong with the office? Oh, no, no, no. It's Put your shoes over there. All right. Get your coat off, too. I, I don't know what dinner's going to be like. I couldn't imagine where you were. I called the office and no one answered. I thought maybe you had an accident or something. You know, I, I don't know what's happened to people. Honestly, some of them act as though there is a law that they shouldn't be too nice to anybody. Well, wash your hands, dear, and come to the uh, table. I'll wash them in the kitchen. All right, come on out, then. You should call me when you're going to be late. It's kind of hard to keep dinner when I expect you any minute and you don't come. Look, you just called Look, me. Look, I couldn't just call you. I was in the department store, and I was busy seeing the manager and the assistant manager and everybody but the president of the joint. Oh, well, what floor were you on? I was on the first floor. There's a phone. In fact, there's several phones on the first floor. Dear, look, when you're busy proving your rights to some guy, you don't have time to say, oh, excuse me, I want to call my wife. Mm, first now. Okay. Dinner's going to be all right. Wash your hands, though, and bring in the water glasses when you come. You're supposed to wash your hands up in the bathroom anyway. It's not hygienic to wash germ-laden hands in the kitchen. Oh, nonsense. Come on now. Come on, dear. Hurry up. Don't use the that towel, dear. That's the dish towel. Here, you well, 
first one. Oh, drink, you mean? Tell the difference. Yeah, wipe your hands. I'll bring in the potatoes. I've got the glasses. All right, all right. For heaven's sakes, tell me what happened. You know what burns me up is these rules at places. I think they stick to them right or wrong. Uh, Whatever happened to the good old days when the customer was always right? Oh, have any idea, dear. Sit down. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. Oh, Boy, I was hungry. Good. Well, I was hungry at 5 o'clock, and I couldn't fix myself a sandwich, and then I thought, oh, no, it'll spoil my appetite, and so I didn't. Yeah, well. Sometimes it doesn't spoil your appetite, but I know with me, if I'm going to have dinner the next hour or so, if I eat a sandwich, I'm just not hungry for dinner at all. Then I thought, well, maybe if I have a small piece of cake. But it's not even that. I might just take the edge off. What's the matter? You know, you get that from your mother. Oh, mother can eat any time, dear. I don't mean that. I... What do you mean? Look, did you have a sandwich or didn't you? No, I just didn't. Did you have a small piece of cake? No. Did you eat anything at 5 o'clock? No. All right, all right, all right. I just want to get it straight. What's the matter with you? Look, you always go into details about everything, Ethel. Instead of just saying that you wanted a sandwich, but you didn't eat one, you have to go on and on about your mental processes and why you didn't eat it and all that. Pass the potatoes, dear. Well, you know you do. I'm sorry. I'll try to be careful. From now on, I'll just try to give you the essential facts about anything. Oh, look, I'm sorry. I told you I was in a bad temper. Oh, honey, I'm sorry, will well, you? forget it. Forget it. Forget it. I know I go on. I don't get a chance to talk to you all day. It goes to my head when I do see you. <laughs> Tell me what happened. Uh, and eat something, too. Yeah. Well, look, about, about last Monday, see, I stopped in the department store at lunchtime, and I happened to see these cigarette lighters. So I thought, well, I'll get one for Tom. So I bought it, and, and the guy said, well, why don't you have it monogrammed if it's a present? Uh-huh. Those biscuits are hot. Oh, hot biscuits. That's good. So I thought, well, why not? So I said, all right, sure, have it monogrammed. When can I pick it up? And the guy says, well, it takes 10 days now to have things monogrammed. So there was plenty of time before Christmas, so, so I said, okay. Uh-huh. I didn't get enough salt on these potatoes. All right, so when I left the office tonight, see, I thought I'd stop in the store since it stays open until 6 these days, you know. It was something I wanted to look for. What? Oh, just something. Anyhow, I, I happened to go past the counter again where they had these lighters and cigarette cases and stuff like that. And... Are you going to look for something for me? Now, look, huh? just, just right. don't ask questions on Christmas time. Oh, I wonder. to say I had gone in the store to look for something else. Uh-huh. When I happened to pass this counter again, I saw some very, very handsome cigarette cases. The same price the lighter had. And much, much better. What could you have been looking for me in the department store? Uh, yeah, so... Was it something I've hinted that I wanted? Now, look, I'm huh? not going to tell you, what so you just mean? stop asking. I can't imagine what you... Yeah, go on, you're going to Yeah, well, I stopped at the counter, and I asked this guy. I, I said I had ordered the lighter the other day, and now I thought I, I'd rather have the cigarette case, which I hadn't seen when I guess they just came in. Mm-hmm. Well, this boy said he didn't know whether whether I could do that or not. After I told him that I'd ordered the lighter morning, it was, it was a different sales clerk than I'd had before. And my gosh, this was much better looking. He was. What? This clerk was better looking. The cigarette case was better looking than the lighter. Oh, 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 the, all right, all right. Are you listening to anything? Yes, that, yes, I am. I've got it all straight now, dear. Potatoes need salt. The potatoes need salt. All right. So I said I, I, I ordered the lighter on Monday, and, and that guy said it would take 10 days to get a monogram. So if it took 10 days, the, the lighter couldn't be ready anyhow. I'll send to Yeah, so, well, this, this guy said... Oh, no, 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 terribly sorry, but, but once a thing was ordered monogrammed, you couldn't possibly exchange it. Mm-hmm. I know that that way. 
Well, why couldn't I exchange it? If it takes ten days to get the thing monogrammed, I, I'd only ordered it Monday. That, that's four days ago, obviously. The thing hasn't been monogrammed yet. Monday sake. Oh, Monday sake. He just smiled, this, this simpering smile. Oh, no, no. No, it was the policy of the store. What did you say? I said, well, I have been a customer of this store for ten years now. And it was my policy. Ten years? Albert has told me about five years. Well, all right. I said ten. The heck with it. I said I'd been a regular customer, and I had spent plenty in that store. And it did seem to me that some courtesy could be shown to an old, reliable customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyhow, he, he just kept saying, he said, well... It's the policy of the store, sir. I'm afraid I can't do a thing about it. Mm. And back at, you know what he did? You know what that guy did? Yes. How do you know what he did? He turned away from you and started to wait on another customer. Yes. I've been experienced shopping there, too, you know, dear. What, you mean all the clerks in the store are that way? Oh, no, but the men in the men's wear and men's gifts are and the girls in notions. Now, the girls in hosiery and household supplies have been lovely to me. Oh, well. And there's just a darling little sales girl in office equipment, but then, of course, I never have to buy any office equipment. I ran into her one day when she was substituting in better dresses. Yeah, well. Just as sweet as she could be. Oh, well, that was nice. Well, anyhow, I was so darn mad. I, I turned to this guy, and, and, I, and I listened. I said to him, well, what about it? And he said, uh, what about what? And I said, I, I want to exchange the lighter for the cigarette case. He said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, but it's the policy of the store. And so I just said, where's the, where's the floor manager? I don't blame you. Where was he? They, they got him. They, they got him. And I, I told him, he, he, and he, he said the same thing that the clerk did. Can you imagine? And of course, that just made me mad. He kept saying that when a thing was monogrammed, you couldn't exchange it. And I said... How could it be monogrammed already? It takes ten days, I was told. <laughs> and if it doesn't take ten days, then, then why couldn't I have picked it up sooner? Uh-huh. What did he say? Anything? <laughs> what could he say? Nothing. No, Nothing. he just mumbled yeah. something about ten days during the usual time for having things monogrammed. Yeah, what happened? I had the manager of the whole store called. Did you? <laughs> I sure did. What was it like? Well, let me tell you first, before I got him, this darn floor manager said, yes. well, when did you buy the lighter? And I told him, Monday. Mm -hmm. Well, then he wanted to know what clerk I'd had. And he, I, I don't know the clerk's name, naturally, and he wasn't anywhere around. They always do that. You raise the least complaint about them, they always say, well, who waited on you? And how in the world can you tell them you never know who the clerk's name is? I know, I know, it's I know. to try and describe a clerk. Yeah, that's right. Of course, I have a little trick now that I always use when they pull me on me. Well, what? I, I always say... Well, I don't remember what she looked like, but I do know that she was perfectly lovely. She was so helpful and just as nice as she could be. <laughs> well, now, how's that a trick? Oh, you'd be surprised. It sort of shames them, I think. They, they don't like to think anybody in the store is nicer to a customer than they are, so whoever you're talking to will just melt. <laughs> hey, that's a nice idea. Well, go on, go on, uh, well, 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 where, where was I? Well, oh, uh, the manager. Yeah, then the floor, the floor manager, manager yeah. wanted to see my sales slip because I couldn't find it. Yeah, I know. Sure. Well, anyhow, to make a long story short, I got the manager of the store, and we had quite a battle. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid so. I lost my temper. Well, so did he. Of course, it wound up all right. I said, I said, if the letter is monogrammed right now, I'll take it right now. Well... Kind of stumped him. Yeah. Well, they looked it up, and of course it wasn't monogram. No. Just lying up there sure. waiting to be. Sure. There wasn't any trouble making a change at all. No, for heaven's No, the light, hey. lighter hadn't been touched. Oh. In fact, the guy that monograms said he wasn't going to do it until next week. No. Yeah, all this fuss, you see, for what? Mm -hmm. So I exchanged the lighter for the cigarette case, and I'm having that monogram. Uh -huh. mm. 
Just made me so darn so all that trouble and for nothing, see? They just don't want to go to any trouble. Well, I know That's most stores aren't that way, but the Sandy Harbor Department store has places like this. That's so unnecessary. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, at least it's settled. Who'd you say you were getting it for, dear? Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom. Tom Blake? No, no, Tom, my dear brother-in-law. Cigarette Yes. Well, Albert, he's given up smoking. What are, you, what are you talking about? He smokes like a he chimney. He has given it up. Your mother wrote that in her last letter. I read the letter to you. Didn't you even listen to it? Well, yes, but... Well, he'll, he'll be smoking again. Doctor's orders, nothing serious, but he said Tom should stop smoking. Well, now, don't look like that, dear. I tell you, in the letter, your mother said... Oh, for Tom God's sake. Albert, sakes. honestly, you but don't I listen. I cannot go back to that store again. It's all... Well, Albert, now, I told oh. you before. Nobody uh, tells me anything around here. Yes, I don't I know. do. I you simply don't listen to Bright cigarette case with Brother Tom's initials on it. Hey, the stars in the solar system will have plenty of competition tonight. Because ABC's Wednesday night star-studded shows are sending off plenty of sparkle and shine themselves. As you know, Wednesday is Bing's Day. And that means Bing Crosby will be on hand with a half hour of top entertainment. Another star show coming your way over this ABC station is The Lone Ranger. Famous two-gun man of the West who will be corralling a pack of adventures. As for adventure, Lionel Barrymore always seems to find action of a quieter type in his role as mayor of the town. But it's all in good-natured fun. And so is Vox Pop, the show that talks to your neighbors throughout America. Interviewers Parks Johnson and Warren Hull on Vox Pop help provide a warm human interest show. And don't forget ABC's top comedians also heard tonight. Abbott and Costello, Jack Parr, and Henry Morgan. They'll be supplying plenty of laughs. So don't miss this all-star Bing's Day night lineup. The Private Lives of Ethel and Albert come to you each weekday at this time. The show is written by Peg Lynch, who plays the part of Ethel. Albert is played by Alan Bunce. The program is produced by Bob Cotton. Ethel Albert, 1947. Okay, we'll see what's it next. Full speech. 1947-12-22 Cavalcade of America the DuPont Chorus 1947-12-24 Greatest Story Ever 1948-01-21 Mayor of it 1948-12-14 Archie Andrews 1948-12-19 Lum and Abner Traditional Christmas 1949-12-17 Archie Andrews Christmas Shopping MP3
Man's Family Touch of Christmas Archie Andrews Christmas Job 1948-01-21 Mayor of the Town 1948-12-19 Lemon Abner Tradition Space Speech on Demand Granny's Abner, I believe that's our ring. Ah. Frigidaire presents, as its Christmas greeting to you, a special broadcast of the new Lum and Abner show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight Lum and Abner are bringing you their traditional Christmas story. And because of its unique nature, our program will be presented without interruption. But before we begin, here's a very brief message for the men folks. If you're still wondering what to give that favorite lady of yours for Christmas, your Frigidaire dealer can help you. You know how you welcome anything that makes your work easier and more interesting? How you like to be the owner of something everybody admires? Well, women are like that, too, about things they can use. So for a really welcome Christmas present for your wife or mother or married daughter... Choose a Frigidaire home appliance. There's still time to order, or if your dealer can't make delivery on just the model you want, ask about Frigidaire's gift certificate plan. So give your lady a beautiful Frigidaire refrigerator. There are many different types and sizes. Give her a Frigidaire electric range, so cooking will be fun from now on. Give her a Frigidaire automatic washer to free her forever from the work of wash days. Or give an automatic electric dryer. Yes, Tie a red Christmas ribbon on any one of these Frigidaire Happy Home Appliances for your favorite lady, and man, how she will love you for it. And now Frigidaire, a division of General Motors, takes you on a Christmas visit to Pine Ridge. And as we look in on the little community, a picture of complete peace and contentment greets our eyes. It's a clear, still evening... It's Christmas night, and the whole countryside is wrapped in a clean white blanket of snow, which has fallen rather heavily all day long. Here and there, along the deserted streets of the little village, we see an occasional home where the lights of a Christmas tree in the front window still twinkle in the dark of night. In the distance, we hear the bells of a sleigh as it cuts through the snow, and closer to us, we hear the spirited voices of some youthful carolers as they fill the air with Christmas melody. Their song sings its way into the parlor of the Peabody home, where we find Abner, Lum, Ben Withers, and Ezra Seastrunk. So I says to Miss Quincy, well, sure, it's high, but you try to get a Christmas tree anyplace else for less money, and I... Wait a minute, Abner. Do you hear that? Uh-huh. That's singing. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I bound just them young'uns that sang at church this morning. Yeah, open the window so as we can hear them better. That's open the window, Abner. Yeah. <laughs> Doggy, look at that one little one out there. <laughs> I bound you, he ain't over six year old. <laughs> That was 
just fine, boys. That was awful pretty. Yeah, ask them to sing another, Abner. Uh, we'd just love to hear you sing another, and if you don't mind. Oh, hope they sing Noel. There's my favorite. Well, now, the one I've always liked best is that... Oh, wait a minute, Lum. I believe they got ideas of their own. There, that's the one. That's it. Well, keep quiet so we can hear it. sure are pretty. Oh, yeah. Makes you feel good to hear something like that, don't it? That's kind of warms the heart. Yes, sir, they must have been practicing that pretty good, the way they sung it. Oh, there's a problem. Well, there they go, on their way. Hey, look at them, Ben. How's that, Abner? See the way the moon's shining down on them? Don't that look sort of like a picture on a Christmas card? Yes. Yes, it does. Reminds me of a card I received from Myrtle Traverts in one eighty one year. Card which I have always treasured highly. Uh, we should close the wind, Abner. You feel a draft on my feet. Ain't been a feeling my level best here late. Well, all right. I just hated to shut out the music. Hated to shut out the music. I don't blame you, Abner. I'm sure that's just what we do too often, sort of shut the music right out of our lives. Yeah, uh, well, let's see here. What were we talking about here? Well, uh, Ms. Quincy was kicking about the price of trees this year, and you said... Wait a minute, wait a minute. We ought to be talking about prices and business and all that stuff. We've got plenty of time the rest of the year for that. This is Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Lom's right. Uh, we ought to be talking about Christmas. Uh, what'd you get this year, Ezri? No, sir. I don't like to say nothing again, Grandpa Masters. But I give him a three dollar and seventy five cent tie rack. And you know what he give me? A forty nine cent pair of socks. <laughs> Is that all them socks call? Yes, sir. Well, I'll be dead blame. That's what he give me too. Well, here, here. You fellers still don't get what I'm talking about. What a gift cost ain't got nothing to do with Christmas. What I meant was, well, we oughtn't to be just sitting here talking about Christmas. We ought to be do, doing something about it. Maybe we ought to be doing what them young'uns was doing, singing Christmas carols. Us? 
Law, law. We're too old for such as that. Well, what's age got to do with it? The spirit of Christmas is for everybody, young and old. We sort of turn it over to the children, but we already enjoy it with them. Well, yeah, I reckon you're right. Somehow or other, it just ain't seemed like Christmas to me this year. Seems like we're missing something, or... Well, I don't know. I can't explain it. Come on, let's just try a few songs. Might just do us good. Well, I, I don't know if I ought to be tramping around this year's snow. I, I ain't been a feeling my level best here lately. Oh, I, I don't mean go outdoors and sing. <laughs> Lord, I, I wouldn't want to flick voices like ours on nobody else. I mean, just do it right here. Oh, well... I reckon we could. Our neighbors ain't home today, so they can't object. <laughs> or to have a songbook, I reckon. Ain't but a couple of them carols that I know by heart. Well, my favorite is Noel. Abner, why don't you call Mrs. Peabody in from the kitchen and have her play the organ? Yeah, that's a good idea. Get Elizabeth in here to chord for us. That might help us get a little closer to the tune. <laughs> or wait a minute, Sister Simpson's out there. Get her. She plays the organ over at the church. Well, now, I'll tell you, it ain't much use calling either one of them. I was just out in the kitchen a minute ago, and them women folks ain't even halfway done with the dishes yet. Hmm. They, they ain't? Well, what have they been doing out there all this time? Oh, I don't know, Ezra. I just don't know. They just had to do dishes for 14 people. <laughs> Women are just natural-born slow, I reckon. Well, Abner, I wouldn't criticize them too much. Them's the things that women enjoy, cooking, doing dishes and all that. Yeah. <laughs> a dog is a sure must, the way they insist on hanging around out there all the time. They spent might night three days out there cooking up this dinner. You'd think they'd want to get the work done and get out of there, but no, they just want to well, Personally, I'm an unmarried bachelor like Lum. I feel that if they enjoy that type of thing so much, they should be permitted to do it. <laughs> After all, it's not every week that they get to prepare a big dinner like this happening. Of course not. Something like this is a nice change for them. Yeah, well, I'll see if they ain't about dead with them dishes out there. Miss Simpson! That's Sister Simpson. I will say there's one thing I don't understand about the fair sex. That is why the women folks insist on getting the kitchen so unbearably hot. Ben, I wondered about that same thing myself. Seems like every time a batch of women get together in a kitchen, first thing they do is get the temperatures up to where a man would suffocate to death. Hey, Miss Simpson! Well, I know last Thanksgiving, my woman and her two sister-in-laws got that their kitchen of iron so hot it never cooled off for two days. Hey, Sister Simpson, come in here a second. Well, what do you want, Abner? Don't you know I'm out here helping you, woman? Yeah, well, Lom here wants to sing. Well, go ahead. That's all right. It won't bother us none. Well, we want you to play the organ for us, Miss Simpson. Oh? See, I thought it'd be sort of nice if we gathered around the organ and sung a few Christmas carols together. <laughs> sort of get in the spirit of things. Make it seem more like, ooh, I don't know, more Christmassy. Come on, Miss Simpson. Get over to the organ. Oh, land sakes, Ben, I can't play nothing now. My hands is all wet. Got dishwasher all, water all over them. Well, dry them on your apron, Sister Simpson. Just come on. We need you. Uh, well, I oughtn't to be taking the time right now. That fair floor ain't been swept or nothing done yet. Oh, well, forget about that. That can wait. Yeah, this is Christmas. Of course, now, if nobody likes the idea, I just thought, oh, well, forget it. Oh, no, sir, you've got a right good idea there, Lum. 
A little singing won't hurt none of us. Come on. Oh, well, uh, my favorite one is Noel. <laughs> uh, let me pull the bench out for you, Miss Simpson. Oh, I'll get it. Can I have me pump the pedals for you? Let her pump them herself, Ben. She knows just how to do it to suit herself. Been doing it for years. Uh, say, ain't y'all got any uh, songbook here with the carols in it? I believe there is one around here somewhere. I don't know where it's at. Wait, I'll go ask Elizabeth. Oh, never mind. I know most of them myself. What do you want to start off with? What do you say, Lum? Oh, I don't know any of them. Might try a kind of easy one to limber up on. Uh, I know a good one. Noel. <laughs> One thing, somebody with a good stout voice better stand next to Edner so he don't get that super off key. I can sing just as good as anybody here. You've heard me at church. I keep right up with the best of them. Fact is, sometimes I come out clean ahead of them. <laughs> well, all right, Abner, start bragging on yourself and let's decide on something here. Ben, what do you general sing, bass or altori? Yes. <laughs> Well, what I figured. Well, somebody's got to carry the lead, because I'm sort of a low bass myself. Well, I'll carry the lead. All right. It's an awful chance to take. <laughs> you help him out, Ben. Right. All right, come on. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, get the pump in there, Simpson. Well, all right, but you ain't told me what you're going to sing yet. Oh, oh, sure, that's right. Yeah, well, let's see now. Oh, I just happened to think of one. Noel. <laughs> There's a rather nice song about the deck in the halls with holly, one thing and another, but I don't know it. There's one part that goes, um, those are the only words I'm sure of. But all right. And, uh, how about Noel now? <laughs> Miss Simpson, you played that highly excellently. <laughs> oh, I can't play so good, Ben, but uh, I just do the best I can. Well, let's see now. Who's got another sub guest? Noel is nice. <laughs> how does the uh, little town of Bethlehem start out? Oh, let me see now. Hey, that's sort of starts the way Noel starts out, I believe. Yeah, that's it, Sister Samson. You know, this seems more like Christmas to me now. The trouble with most of us is we just sit around at Christmas time and take it for granted, you might say, and forget the real meaning of it. What we ought to do is go back and read the story of the first Christmas again. Hey, wait a minute, Mom. I believe that was a phone ringing a minute ago there. Yeah, go ahead and answer that. Yeah, uh, soft pedal organ, uh, Miss Simpson. Hello. Well, for the land's 
Eric's grandpappy spear. Well, Merry Christmas, Grandpa. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Abner. Uh, say, why don't you and your woman Charity come on over here? We're sort of sitting around singing some songs. Yeah, well, I'd love to. I know it's kind of late to be asking anything like this, Abner, but do you reckon you and Mom could go out to the old Gaddis place with me? Tonight? Yeah, tonight. Well, law me, Grandpa, that's a good ways out in the country. And sides, ain't nobody living out there. That house burned down two or three years ago. Well, there's a family out there staying in the barn right now, and they could sure use some help. They need some vittles and something to keep them warm. Doc Miller's on his way out there now. Well, for the land's sakes, what's wrong? Uh, who are they? Well, I'll tell you all about it later. Can you go or can't you? Why, sure. Now, wait, I better ask Lom. Hold on a minute. Hey, uh, Lom. I sort of hate to ask you this, but Grandpap wants us to round up some groceries and blankets and stuff and told them to somebody clean out to the old Gaddis place. What do you mean, hate to ask me? Come on, let's get going. Now Christmas is beginning to mean something. Yeah, put in another loaf of bread, Abner. Yeah, yeah. And some more of them apples. Well, now, Lord. We don't want to make this too heavy. Don't forget, we got to tote this quite a ways tonight. Well, leave him out then. How come Doc Miller went out there? Well, Grandpap never said. Say, maybe you're right, Mom. Hand me another batch of them apples. Well, Ben, I'll get this stove back to you as quick as we can fix that family up with something else to keep them warm. Well, that's all right. Let them keep it. Just tell them to be careful when they pour the coal oil in. It leaks a little right here. Have you got plenty of coal oil? A full can of it, and much obliged, Ben. Well, now, Ezra, you sure you folks won't need this blanket? It's mighty cold these nights. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you take it, Abner. Uh, put it with the ovens you got there. Well, this is an awful good one. Well, anybody who's staying in the barn needs awful good one. Just here, they're expecting a baby out there. You reckon that's true? A baby? Oh, my goodness alive. Come on, Abner. We better get on our way. And thus it is that we find three old fellows burdened with gifts trudging along through the snow on the road which leads from Pine Ridge out into the countryside. Lum, Abner, and Grandpappy Sears on a real Christmas mission. Are you sure we're headed right now, are you, Grandpap? Yeah, yeah, I know this is the way. Doc Miller rode his horse over here. You can see his tracks there in the snow. Yeah. Well, it must be the old Gaddis place then. Well, that's where it's at, all right. That's where that barn's at, in other words. That's all that's left of the place, just the barn. Well, Doc says it's due east from that road where we turned off. Due east? Well, let's see now. Which way is east? I ain't paid no attention to the directions here. Wait a minute. Whereabouts is the east star? There it is, right ahead of us. We're going right, man. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we can just follow the east star. Yeah, that ought to lead us to it, all right. How'd you find out about these folks, Grandpap? Well, Doc Miller and his woman ate dinner over at our place, and we were sitting there visiting after we got done eating, and the telephone rung and told Doc to get right over here. Well, uh, who done the calling? Oh, some feller named Joe something or another. Forget what he did call his name. 
He'd went over to some neighbor's house to call, said they'd been into the county seat to pay their taxes and there weren't no room at the hotel, so they come out here to this old barn to spend the night. Well, this ain't fitting weather to have to stay out in a barn. And they said they were sort of expecting the baby to be born tonight, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's the reason they called Doc Miller. Hey, huh. <laughs> What's the matter, Abner? Oh, dog is hard. Arms is getting tired. Well, here, let me carry them blankets over, and you can carry this oil heater. Is that box of groceries getting heavy, Grandpap? No, I'm all right. We ought to be there directly anyhow. Yeah, sure, this snow tires about the out walking through it, you know it. Well, maybe we're walking a little fast for you, Abner. Here, you take the lantern. That'll help you see better. Yeah. Yeah, sir, it's mighty thoughty of you fellas to come over here at night this way. I sort of hate to call you to get out on Christmas, but after Doc left, why, me and the woman got to talking about how pitiful it was that that couple was having to stay out here in this barn with nothing to eat and all. Well, I'm just glad you called me, Grandpap. Just proud of a chance to help them. Yeah, this makes it seem more like Christmas to me, doing for somebody else. You know, you just can't do things to make others happy without making yourself happy at the same time. No, no. Trouble with a lot of us, we sort of lose the Christmas idea altogether. Think too much about ourselves. The real Christmas spirit is the happiness we get out of making others happy. Yeah. Well, there we were, sitting there at home thought we was enjoying ourselves, and these folks out here spending Christmas in a cold barn this way. Oh, they just wouldn't have been no Christmas to it if you hadn't called us up, Grandpap. Well, I know I could depend on you fellas. Now, men, if it's the old Gaddis place, we ought to be able to see it from the top of this hill here. Wait a minute, I believe that's the barn yonder, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, that's where they're at. Well, now, that's due east from where we was at, all right, for there's the east star right over the top of the barn. Yeah. Yeah, there's Doc's horse tied to the fence there. Yeah, this is the place. See the light shining through the cracks in the walls? Well, sir, it's just a shame that them folks never let some of us know what they needed a place to stay. We've got plenty of room over at our place and just been glad to have them. Well, this man that called Doc said they was looking for a place to stay and seen this barn weren't being used, so they just put up there for the night. Uh, whereabouts do they live, Grandpap, did he say? Yeah, they're from over about Pleasant Valley, Summers. He told Doc he never had no cash money and taking every nickel he had to pay his taxes, but said if he'd make the call, he'd work it out as quick as he could. Well, old Doc never refused a call in his life, I don't reckon. No, no. I've known him to get up in the dead of night in the worst kind of weather to go call on the sick when he knowed before he went that he never would get no pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what we'd do without old Doc here in this community. Whilst there's some that says his methods is a little old-fashioned, but I grant he's all take my chances with him every time. And he's pulled me through the shatters time and again. I've always said that Doc never practiced medicine for what money he got out of it, as much as he does for the good that he can be to his fellow man. No, sir, if there ever was a man that's got a preserved seat in a better world, it's old Doc Miller. We better not be talking too loud, fellas. We don't want to disturb them none. No, no, let's all be as quiet as we can. Yeah, we got to let Doc know we're here some way or other. I reckon it won't hurt nothing to 
tap on the door sorter, General. No, go ahead, Lum. They might be needing this oil stove. I don't hear a sound in there. I don't believe you knocked quite loud enough, Lum. Maybe they never heard you. Wait a minute. Here comes somebody to the door. Well, howdy, Doc. Oh, hello there. Well, what are you three old codgers doing out here this time of the night? Why, we just got to thinking after you left, Doc, these folks might be needing something. Yeah, uh, Doc, we brung an oil stove and some bed covers. And here's a box of groceries. Well, they're sure needing them. Haven't got any heat of any kind in there. Using what little hay was left in there for a bed, I took and piled it up in the manger, made a pretty good bed. But now these covers will just come in awful handy. How's the lady, dog? Well, getting along as well as could be expected, I guess, Long. I'll take these things on in and have her husband light this heater and warm the place up a little. Uh, you men had better stay out here for a little while. Oh, yeah, sure. You, you go ahead, Doc. We'll wait out here. If there's anything we can do, Doc, just let us know. That's all right, thank you. Oh, Doc, uh, what kind of work does this fella do? Why, uh... He said a while ago that he was a carpenter by trade, Lom. Uh, said he'd been out of work quite a while. Oh, well, here, I'd better get back in. Yeah. Said he was a carpenter, huh? Yeah, I was just thinking, Abner. We've been talking about building that loading platform at the back door of the store, and I think it's a pretty good idea to get this fella to help us. Yeah, that's a good idea, Lom. Might get him to do a little fixing up in the store, too, while he's at it. Well, he'll want to be nice wife and baby for a few days now. Quick as Doc thinks it's safe for him to be moved, I'm going to insist on him coming right over there at our place and staying. Well, that'd be the best place in the world for him. Aunt Charity could take care of him better than anybody I know. <laughs> yeah, she'd get a side of enjoyment out of looking after the baby. <laughs> Just loves children. Yeah. Well, that woman of yours, Grandpappy's mother, is every youngin' in the community. Well, sir, I was just thinking here. <laughs> here we are, three old codgers, getting along in years, standing around out here waiting. Waiting for a little baby to be born. Sort of like as if we was waiting for somebody to take our place. Well, of course, we don't like to talk about such things, but... We've about solved our time, I reckon. It won't be long before we'll have to move on and turn the reins over to somebody else. <laughs> They'll soon forget about us. It's sort of like the years. Here the old years are almost gone. There's been lots of things happen, but they'll soon be forgot. There's been lots of joys and happiness. On the other hand, there's been lots of heartaches and Lots of hopes that never come true. But there's a new year coming, bringing new hope and new courage. And we're sort of like the years, us three old fellers. We're sort of like the old year going out, and we're waiting on the new year. The little baby in yonder. Well, it's just like I've always well, Wait a minute, wait, I believe somebody's coming to the door. Oh, maybe it's Doc. Any news yet, Doc? Well, men, it's a fine baby boy.
that a little child was born on December 25th in an old barn in the countryside near the peaceful little community of Pine Ridge. Friends, we hope you enjoyed this Lum and Abner's traditional Christmas story. May the spirit of peace and goodwill which it brings remain with you through the years to come. This is the Christmas wish for you and yours from Lum and Abner and Frigidaire, from the Frigidaire dealer in your own community who is ready to serve you all the time, and from yours truly, Wendell Niles. The new Lum and Abner show is brought to you each week with the best wishes of your Frigidaire dealer and the Frigidaire division of General Motors, manufacturers of a complete line of home appliances, air conditioners, and commercial refrigeration equipment. Our special music was by Felix Mills and his orchestra and the Mitchell Boy Choir. So until next Sunday night, same time, same station, this is Wendell Niles saying goodnight for Frigidaire, America's number one refrigerator. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Uh, December 19th, 1948, I believe. Great Christmas show. All right. Full speech. 1949-12-17 Archie Andrews 1949-12-18-1 Man's Fam 1949-12-25-1 Man's 1950-12-18 Lux Radio Theater Holiday Affair 1953-12-21 Fibber McGee and Molly Mailing and Sarah's Gift 1953-12-22 Fibber McGee and Molly 1953-12-22 Rocky Fortune Dash the plot to murder set one nine five three dash one two dash two three dash dual dash honorary Santa PT one nine five three dash one two dash two three dash Doris Day show dash one nine five three dash one two dash two three dash Fibber McGee and Molly dash doc helps decorate the MCG's three dot MP three one nine five three dash one two dash two three dash the great Gildersleeve dash selling Christmas trees for needy children dot MP one nine five three dash one two dash two four dash dual dash on one nine five three Dash one two dash two four dash Fibber McGee and one nine five three dash one two dash two five dash Fibber nineteen eighty two Christmas show part nineteen eighty two Christmas show part Aldrich family at home with Big Fibber McGee first nighter four five Grand Central Great Gilders Great Gild Great 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 Hall Handles Messiah Handles Hot Point Hall Nativity Ozzy and Harriet Four Phil Reed Interview with Radio City Playhouse Four Nine One Two Two Five F Sixty Eight Was the Night Before Christmas Dot M P Three Space Speech on Demand the National Broadcasting Company presents Radio City Playhouse, Attraction 66. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the director of Radio City Playhouse, Harry W. Junkin. Thank you, Fred. Good afternoon, everybody. It seems to us that there are few things more appropriate as a Christmas gift to Radio City Playhouse listeners than a story by the inimitable Paul Gallico. Since 1936, when he first entered the short story field, he has been published regularly by such magazines as the Saturday Evening Post, Collier's, Cosmopolitan, and Esquire, 
and today we welcome him to Radio City Playhouse. Here then, with our very best wishes, is our Christmas Day broadcast. Lyle Sudrow as Perry Brown, Bernard Grant as Al Vogel in Twas the Night Before Christmas by Paul Gallico, Attraction 66 on Radio City Playhouse. in the afternoon of Saturday, December the 24th, in the city room of the Daily Blade. Almost everybody has gone home. A couple of office boys are yawning on the call bench. Three rewrite men are packing away at their typewriters and watching the clock. At the head of the room, Tex Court, the city editor, is talking earnestly into the telephone with a hunted look on his face. Nearer the door... Perry Brown, the Daily Blade's best reporter, is chatting with Al Vogel, his photographer. They're both about to leave for Rusty's party when Perry's telephone rings. Hello, Perry Brown. Oh, hello, Rusty. Yes, we're just leaving. Uh -huh, I'm all cleaned up. Uh, the, tree, uh, the tree come? Uh, good. Uh, no, no, Vogel's sitting on my desk. We'll leave together. Oh, honey, I'm going to trim that tree with diamonds, rubies, and sapphires. That'll run into dough. <laughs> Vogel says that'll run into dough. <laughs> huh? Oh, darling, if you play Holy Night, I'll cry. Yes, I will. I get very sentimental about Christmas. Vogel will cry, too, won't you, Al? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all right, we'll all cry, and it'll be a wonderful party. Oh, now, darling, don't worry about the Christmas tree fires. They won't break out until 9 o'clock, and besides, I'd quit before I'd miss the party. Okay, anything you want me to bring? Just me? Okay. Love you. Hey, why don't you marry the girl and put her out of her misery? I'm uh, working on it by this time next year. Come on, Al, let's get out of here. Right behind you. Let's go say Merry Christmas to Tex. Come on. It's a good idea. Come on. Rusty's as excited about this Christmas party as a five-year-old kid. It's our first real planned party. No kidding. Yes, Mrs. Pettensall, I understand, and I'm sure we can take care of it by 11 o'clock at number three Courtney Tower. Your harness to the wagon, yes. Mrs. Pettensall. It's all right, Mrs. Pettensall. I'll keep in touch with you. <laughs> Same to you. Goodbye. Uh, Al and I are just leaving, Tex. Merry Christmas and try to get up to Rusty's party if you can, will you? Uh, What's the matter? Perry, I meant to let you and Al go, but oh, no. something unforeseen is coming. No, you promised us the night off. You did, Tex. Yes, I know. And you'll get to Rusty's party later. Did you, uh, hear anything of that telephone conversation I just had? You, uh, mean Mrs. Pettensall? Tex. Her nephews have arrived unexpectedly from the West. She wants a Christmas present for them. Oh, no. She wishes us to secure a pair of goats for her. Goats? Harness to a red wagon. Oh, you're kidding. Goats! Harness to a red wagon. Is she crazy? Where can you find a couple of goats in a red wagon on Christmas yeah, Eve? Yeah, where can you find a couple of goats? You mean, where can you find them? Oh, Tex, no. It'll be all right if the outfit arrives at three Courtney Towers by 11 to 9. I won't do it. I promised Rusty. And I promised the wife of our editor and managing director that I'd get her two goats. All right, we quit, don't we, Al? Absolutely, we, we quit. We told Rusty nothing would keep us away from her first party. Listen, Perry, Al, I'm sorry, but I'm on the spot. 
Do you think I get a kick out of having my reporters used as footmen? Mrs. Pettensall's a bad little girl. Bad little She's a girl. gadfly sent to try us. I'm sorry, but it's all a part of the screwy business, and she is the wife of our managing director. Now, please, Perry. There's nobody else to send, please. I can't. Rusty will give me the air. That she'll understand she's a newspaper woman. No, no, no. Not tonight she isn't. Tonight she's a kid having her first Christmas You'll party. You'll just be a little late. Here, I'll give you a petty cash slip. Yeah. Get upstairs and cash it before five. How much? The sky's the limit. All right, a grand. I said the sky, not the stratosphere. You want your stinking goats, don't you? How do I know what I'll run up against? I may have to buy them from the zoo. Okay. Here. Need any help? Call me. Oh, thank you. And you call Rusty. I haven't got the nerve. She'll think I'm drunk. All right. Call her up and say you sent me out to get two goats and a red wagon. Oh, boy, she'll love you. Come on, Al. Maybe we can get the goats quick somehow. Uh... Hey, where are you going first, Perry? Where would you go to get goats? Brooklyn. Nice driving over Brooklyn Bridge at night, ain't it? Yeah. Holy night, silent night. Where can I find to go? Ah, the old bridge looks pretty tonight with all the lights on it and everything. Yeah. Where, oh, where can I find to go? Hey, just, just look at the lights on the water, Perry, and the piers. Look, huh?
Rudolph, please, be a good goat, will you? Now, come on. What's he stopping for? I don't know. Please, Rudolph, we're almost at the car. Now, in a little while, you meet Mrs. Pettensall. You like her. You can't pull him if they don't want her. Now, look, Rudolph, I paid a hundred bucks for you. Will you please act like a hundred-dollar goat? Hey, you're sniffing at something on the ground. Huh? Yeah. Hey, Perry, look. What? Perry. It's a body. What? Yeah, 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 in a sack. Suffering cats, there's a note on it. Well, give me a flashlight. Hey. Merry Christmas from the boys. Wow. I think I know him. Flashlight in his face. Yeah. Holy cow, Perry, it's pro guard at the ace office. Yeah. Wow. He had his nose in the poultry racket, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas from the boys. What a story. Wow. Well, too bad we're busy. Perry, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. Business before pleasure. We're still one goat shy. Pro Garo. Well, let me take a couple of pictures. Okay, but make it snappy. All right, Rudolph. I'll give you one more chance. Are you or are you not going to get into the car without being kicked? Stay in the back seat, will you? Stop kissing me, I'm driving. Yeah, and you should have stuck to lemonade. Oh, you should talk. While I think of it, who did you phone in that last tavern? The office, Tex. Oh, what's it telling? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, he said Rusty had phoned and said you needn't bother coming to the party no matter how early you got through. Uh, and uh, I just sort of casually mentioned the fire and the pro-gower murder. Ah, uh, that'll teach him to send us out after goats. Where'd that bartender say we should go? Oh, guy by the name of Constantine Wanacasa. Huh? Just a couple of blocks more. Well, now what's the matter with Rudolph? I believe he is slightly loaded. He downed a whole can of beer the barkeep gave him. More likely it's the can. He downed that too. Mr. Buonacasa? Yes? Uh, well, my friend here and I, curious as it may seem, are seeking to purchase a goat. Yeah, yes. goat. Yeah, yes. goat. Uh, Jerry, the, the bartender at Mike's Tavern, said you had goats. <laughs> you make the, the, the joke, eh? No, no. Now, come on, we got company. You drink a glass of wine, everything should be all right. Christmas time, everybody should feel okay. Uh, look, any time <laughs> but Christmas Eve, it might be a gag. It's dead on the level, brother. I gotta get another goat. Now, have you got one? And we ain't kidding. This yeah. is no funny business. Honest. All right. You coming with me? Yeah. Uh, you, uh, have got goats, haven't you? Sure, I got the goats. Paolo and Francesca. Uh, the man and the wife. Oh, oh. Nice goats. Good goats. You like a goat, eh? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we love goats, don't we, Al? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially on Christmas Eve, we love goats. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's in here, the shed. There, Paolo and Francesca. Goats. <laughs> oh, the ain't got him yet. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, uh. Uh, Mr. Buona Casa. See? How, how, mu how much for the big one? Ma che vergogna! I tell you, the name is Paolo Francesca. This is a husband and a wife. I don't sell a one. 
You marry man, I think you understand, oh, eh? <laughs> oh, oh, forgive me, old man, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking about. Yeah, 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 they look so pretty. They're in love. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, look, uh, yeah, sure, look, uh, Mr. Bonacasa, I got a, I got a goat outside. Yeah? Swellest goat you ever saw, Rudolph. Rudolph? He, he loves everybody. Crazy about everybody. Yeah, wh what about a deal? I buy Paolo and Francesca, you take Rudolph and part swap, huh? Yeah, you can have one swell loving goat and some cash. Everybody, she's a happy, huh? I don't want the one the goat. Uh, no? No. What's the matter with having one goat? What good is one a goat except to another goat? Except... <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, look, uh, Mr. Buonacas, it's a deal. Uh, how much? Well, I'm not sure I want that much to sell now. $300? I'm each. Amici, she's good. Paolo and Francesca, they're yours. Now, you come in the house and we have some wine. It's a, it's a party. We sing songs. We lift the ceiling. Now, please, do not disturb me. Allow me to sit here with my head in my hands and suffer. Oh, oh stop nudging me, Al. Will you stop nudging me? Good evening, all. Mind if I join the party? Rusty. Hello, Perry. Don't suppose you'd mind if I sat down. You're sore. Not at all. It's been a perfect Christmas Eve. How'd you find us? You left a trail a blind man could follow. When I saw your car parked outside with three goats in the back seat, I sort of figured you might be in here. Oh, don't be sore, Rusty. Don't sore? Be sore? Why should I be sore? Well, what are you doing away from the party? There is no party. Huh? Can I have some coffee, too? What do you mean? I'm working. Everybody's working. There's never been a Christmas like it before. Progower was murdered. Progower of the DA's office. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, well, fancy that. It also happens that Pier 547 Brooklyn blew up. Not really. Perry, why do you drink? Uh, because they sent me out on Christmas Eve to buy two goats and a red wagon. Oh. Have you got the wagon? Uh, 
The wagon. The wagon. Oh, 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 I haven't got the wagon. Well, I have. That's one reason I'm here. It takes thought you'd forget. Where is it? Outside my car. Oh, Rusty, you're wonderful. Am I? We got one goat too many, Rusty. Mm, You noticed it too, did you? Isn't Mrs. Pettensall going to be surprised? What's the matter with them now? They're frightened. Now, listen, Goat, you're out of the elevator. All you got to do is walk down this nice, quiet hall here, see? That's it. Now, just walk slowly down the hall to apartment three. And stop kissing me. Oh, look, Rusty, Rudolph loves me. It's quarter to 11. The Pettensalls will be home in 15 minutes. All right, all right, all right. Vogel, you take Paolo. Rusty, you grab Francesca. For you, Rudolph. Merry Christmas, Rudolph, with the sweetest little goat in the whole wide world. Good evening. Good heavens. Are you the Pattensalls butler? I am, sir. And might I ask what you are? Move over. We got goats. You got a bathroom with a sunken tub? Still, Rudolph. There. There, there. I guess you're clean. Oh, they both look like fluffy little lambs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but Rudolph, Rudolph here doesn't deserve a bath ever smashing the Pettensall's mirror. Well, he couldn't help it. Hmm? The first time he'd ever seen himself and that mean expression on his face. Uh, uh, all right. Hold still, Rudolph. You'll be dry in a minute. That's a boy. All right, give me another towel, Rusty. You've used five already. <laughs> the bathroom looks like a nightmare. It's a boy. Yeah, well, you can't deliver dirty goats to Mrs. Pettensall. <laughs> Say, he's real cute when he's clean, isn't he? Hey, what's Vogel doing? Uh, making a harness out of neckties. Let's <laughs> try. Let's get him harnessed to the wagon and get out of here before the Pettensalls arrive. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Rudolph. You look swell. <laughs> well, come on, Rusty. Open the door. Oh, hey, hey, this is sure some dump. Oh, oh, how's the harness coming, Al? (laughs) I used Mr. Pettensoul's neckties. Hey, look at it. Swell, ain't it? Oh, yeah. Al, it's the nicest harness I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, did you ever see a tree like that in your whole life? Never. And I never will. I'll never, ever have a Christmas like other people. Never. Well, let's get them harnessed. Finished. Red wagon and all. Yeah. Now, don't they look cute? <laughs> Paolo and Francesca, man and wife. Makes me want to cry. Oh, what are they doing to the tree? Looks to me as if they're eating Give it. A... a little at a time. Uh, Ru- Rudolph! Oh, good Lord. Darn you, anyway, Rudolph. Oh, Perry, look out. He'll break uh, the other Rudolph. one. Suffering oh. cats. Hey, hold it. Here come the petting souls, I bet you. going on in here? My vase. Oh, both of them. What is the meaning of this? Who are you people? 
Alan, are these people from the paper? I believe they are, my dear. Get out of here, all of you. You hooligans, you're drunk. I beg, beg your pardon, we're not drunk. Of course you're drunk. Otherwise, what's the meaning of the third animal? It is a spare. A spare? That's supposed to be funny. Will you please leave? Alan, I expect you to deal with these people tomorrow. Oh, Rusty, I believe Mrs. Pettensall is sore. Is she? Well, so am I. Mrs. Pettensall, you're all through with Perry Brown now, aren't you? I don't believe I know yes, who... Yes, you are. You're through with him. He's drunk and he's dirty, and besides, he served your purpose. He got you what you wanted, two goats and a red wagon on Christmas Eve. No other man in town could have done it tonight, or would have. Get out of here, you... You've been using our office and our staff to do your dirty work for the last five years. Where? Run errands, fetch and carry, fix things for you, play nursemaid to you. Well, that's out as far as we're concerned. And when you replace us, I suggest you go to an employment agency that furnishes trained servants. <gasps> It'll be nice to know you can call up the office when you need an extra butler. Come on, boys, come on, Rudolph, let's get out of here. I can smell something that has nothing to do with goat. Well, I've no, no, never no, been... Now, 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 my dear. Uh, good night, Miss McGowan, Miss Brown, Mr. Vogel. Good night. Come on, let's get out of here. We got rid of Al. Yeah. Now, if we could only get rid of Rudolph. I called up the zoo. Well? They didn't want a goat. Oh. Mm. I called up the Metropolitan Museum of Art, too. <laughs> what on earth for? I don't know. I thought maybe because it was Christmas Eve, they might make an exception. <laughs> what do we do with them? Honey, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not going to abandon Rudolph on some cold, vacant lot. He's got a right to Christmas, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, where'll we take him? I don't know. I guess we'll just wander around Brooklyn with him until we die of old age. Yeah. No, 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 don't kiss me when I'm driving, Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> he loves me, Rusty. I know. I do, too. Yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. For heaven's sakes, let's get some coffee. I'm perishing with a cold, Perry. Look, there's a place. Hmm? Come on, stop, Perry. All right, all right, all right. Do you, do you think you love me as much as Rudolph loves me? Um, I think I do. Okay, then I'll buy you some coffee. <laughs> all right, now, uh, get uh, Rudolph out on your side. Can't he stay in the car? Well, Rudolph's got a right to his Christmas, too. Yeah, boy, go on, Rudolph. Go with Rusty. That's a fella. Come on, Rudolph. Good old Rudolph. <laughs> Oh, Rusty, honey, I just couldn't leave Rudolph without a home on Christmas Eve. It wouldn't be human. I know. Do you suppose we'll have to keep him forever? I don't know. There we are. All right, now. Sit down, Rudolph. Sit down beside us and shut up. Hey, 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 mister, hey, you can bring that goat in Oh, here. yes, we can. It's Christmas Eve. Coffee and donuts for two and some wheat biscuits for Rudolph. Is that what goats eat? Yeah, yeah, just one of the things. No, 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 no. leave him, leave him in the box. That's yeah? right, yeah, he'll eat the box and all. He'll be hysterical when he hits the biscuits after all that cardboard. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Here, Rudolph, now, don't let me hear a sound out of you. Boy, yeah. I've seen everything now. Donuts and coffee coming up. You unhappy, kid? 
Perry, I'm an awful fake. I've loved every minute of it. No fooling. Mm. I was mad because you wouldn't take me with you. <laughs> no, it's a lousy racket, but we love it. I guess we're out of it now, though. We haven't got a job, Rusty. Oh, I think we have. Remember when Mr. Pettensall said goodnight? Yes. He winked at me. No kidding. Mm. <laughs> He's been wanting to tell her off for years. Oh, I'll bet. Perry, can't you remember anything that happened tonight? Oh, some of it. Well, you know, there's a bonus waiting for you at the office. A bonus? Uh -huh. What for? For your work on the Pier 547 explosion. What? Vogel took a picture of it. Yeah? Yeah. He also took a picture of the death of some Brooklyn alderman's wife in a taxi accident and a half a dozen of Progower's bodies. Yeah, what are you talking about? Vogel phoned the office around six yeah. and said if we would go to an address he gave us and look behind some signboards, there'd be something for us. Uh -huh. There was. On top of Progower's body were half a dozen plates and a note from Vogel with the captions on them. They're all over page one. Well, I'll be good old Vogel. I tried to make an honest flunky out of him, but I guess he's just a newspaper man at heart. Uh -huh. So you see, everything's all right. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Now, if we could only just get rid of Rudolph. Hey, yeah. hey mister, give me two coffees and two donuts to go. Hey, Rusty, Rusty, look. What? That kid. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sonny. Sonny, come here, will you? Hello, lady. Hi, Sonny. Hello, mister. Hi. Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas to you. Say, how would you like a goat for Christmas? Her? Him. Honest? Honest. You mean just take him? Right now. You want him? Gee, do I? Gosh. Call him Rudolph. Gee, thanks, mister. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Come on, Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've done it, Rusty. We've done it. Rudolph has a home. <laughs> Darling. Merry Christmas. Terry. Hey, 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 cut out that kissing stuff. I run a respectable joint. You have just heard Twas the Night Before Christmas by Paul Gallico, starring Lyle Sudrow as Perry Brown. Bernard Grant was Al Vogel, and other members of the cast included Ross Martin, Frank Milano, Louis Van Ruten, Connie Lemke, Butch Cavell, and Grace Keddy. The special music was composed and conducted by Dr. Roy Shield. Twas the Night Before Christmas was adapted for radio by Harry W. Junkin, who also directed the entire production. Junkin again. Next week on Radio City Playhouse, Jan Minor gives vitality and charm to the role of Anne Stratton in a tender and beautiful love story called Reflection. That's next week, Reflection, Attraction 67 on Radio City Playhouse. Merry Christmas, everybody, and good afternoon.
What's on NBC tonight? There's a Christmas stocking full of entertainment. As a holiday special, Theatre Guild on the Air will present Paulette Goddard and Sir Cedric Hardwick in that perennial favorite, The Passing of the Third Floor Back. Hear this special Christmas program, Paulette Goddard and Sir Cedric Hardwick on Theatre Guild on the Air. You'll find a Merry Christmas all day long on NBC. Fred Collins speaking. Now stay tuned for James Melton and Harvest of Stars on NBC. Christmas Day, 1949. Oh, boy, let's see what's next. Full speech. Rogers of the Gazette, Screen Directors Playhouse 4912, Screen, Screen Direct, Truther Concept 20, Question Your Hit Parade for 20, Truther Concept. Screen Direct, Screen, Screen, Rod, Radio, Phil, Oz, Nehaz, Han, Han, Hall, Great, Great, Gil, Great, 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 Gil, Great, 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 Grant, First, Fibber, At, Out, 90, 90, Space. Speech on 